Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. This is apparently um, the cheesiest thing that Nancy Pelosi has done in quite some time. It's Omar who came under fire for her comments and her tweets about the dual loyalty of congressional members on Israel. She's gotten backlash not just from Republicans, but from top-ranking Democrats and some of the colleagues of hers on the Foreign Affairs Committee, which she never should have been sat on in the first place. This is uh, the the, uh, proverbial chickens coming home to roost, Nancy Pelosi. Omar continues to mischaracterize support for Israel, according to Democrat New York Representative Nita Lowy, who's chair of the House Appropriations Committee. Lawmakers must be able to debate who prejudice without prejudice or bigotry. I am saddened that Representative Omar continues to mischaracterize support for Israel I urge her to retract this statement and engage in further dialogue with the Jewish community on why these comments are so hurtful. She doesn't want to talk to Jews, Nita. Get over it. Omar responded, tweeting that she should not be expected to have allegiance to another country. Maybe to another uh, you know, set of laws like the Sharia, but not to another country. She says, our democracy is built on debate. Congresswoman, I should not be expected to have allegiance or pledge support to a foreign country in order to serve my country in Congress or serve on the committee. The people of the fifth elected me to serve their interests. Wow. So now they have drafted a resolution, which, by the way, uh, doesn't mention her. Even the ADL, who is... uh, Really, they're awful. Jonathan Greenblatt, who's the CEO now, I have no respect for him. But even he responded to the remarks, wrote a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and said, you better call for a resolution to condemn anti-Semitism. Okay, but how about we we point to why this resolution needs to be written? Greenblatt's letter said, accusing Jews of having allegiance to a foreign government has long been a vile anti-Semitic slur. It has been used to harass, marginalize, and persecute the Jewish people for centuries. Sometimes referred to as the dual loyalty charge, it alleges that Jews should be suspected of being disloyal neighbors or citizens because their true allegiance is to their co-religionists around the world or to a secret an immoral Jewish agenda. This anti-Semitic allegation posits that non-Jews should not trust the motives or actions of their Jewish neighbors who may be engaged in deceitful behavior to accomplish their own goals at the expense of others. Now let me ask you a question. Does the Jewish religion have any aspect or anything written into its you know, the five books of the Pentateuch. Do they have anything in there that says that it's okay to use deceit to trick the infidels or the people who don't believe what you believe? No, I believe that's the Koran that does that. I believe the book that Representative Ilhan Omar calls her uh, 
I don't know what she calls it, but she uh, swore her allegiance to America on it. It's amazing to me that she literally does believe in something that says she has her loyalty first to her faith. Jews, uh, hey, Jews don't even practice their faith, half of them anymore, more than half of them. You look, and look, I'm not saying this from, you know, some high lofty place. I'm not condemning. I'm just telling the truth. You have most Jews call themselves cultural Jews. I know Jews who are atheists and still call themselves Jews because they are ethnically or culturally Jewish. And they're not really. They're ethnically or culturally uh, Eastern European or Sephardic or wherever they may have come from. But they, uh, they, they still use the term. And yet they don't practice Judaism. Not even, uh, they don't even go anymore on the high holy days to temple. How about that? You know, at least you got Christians still show up on Easter and Christmas. Just saying. But they, those, uh, those Christians who only show up on Easter and Christmas are no better than any group that practices cafeteria religion. Either you're in or you're out. And uh, since Representative Omar chooses to wear a cultural headdress and everything else, I figure she's in, right? So what is she pointing her finger at Jewish congressmen who probably, and Jewish congresswomen, who probably haven't seen the inside of a synagogue in a, in a couple of years? Because she's a bigot, that's why. Because she's an anti-Semite, that's why. So is Rashida Tlaib. And apparently, so uh, is uh, the the Bronx girl, AOC, who applauded Omar for her uh, for her anti-Semitic tropes, basically for her prejudicial accusations about Israel supporters. Uh, apparently, that's okay with AOC too. I love this freshman class. I'm telling you, this freshman class of Democrats is mobilizing the republicans because this is what this is where you're going if you continue to allow them to marginalize you to marginalize christians white males uh jews and everybody else in this country this freshman class will destroy this country and if you think people like me or people like you are going to sit idly by and eat popcorn while it's happening, you got that wrong. There's a, there is a, uh, a, a revolution of sorts brewing. I have the same feeling right now that I had in 2008 when I said there is something brewing. The American people are tired. They're tired of being told that right is wrong and wrong is right, that because everybody else is doing it, you should do it too. They actually do have some fundamental principles. They actually do have a, a true desire to live in a, in a community that relishes our difference. doesn't make some people victims and some people victors. It gives everybody an equal opportunity to do that, to become victorious. That's what the American um, gestalt is. 
it's not this uh, sniping that you see going on. It's not these. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm sick of plastic bags. That that's one of Aok's new comments. I mean, I I've been complaining about this for the last. I don't know, five years that I've been going, six years that I've been going to San Francisco that I can't get a bag in the supermarket. I got to walk out with my groceries in my arms unless I remember to bring the cloth bag. Look, I carry cloth bags. I think it's a good idea. But if I forget them, I don't want to be told there's no plastic bag available to me. I can be upset that I get 10 plastic bags at the grocery store and then have to toss out my plastic bags because... The recycling program in the area is tough, and that's okay. We, all of these are not reasons to stop fighting. All of these are reasons to keep fighting. Mm -hmm. And these are all reasons and pieces of evidence to say, hey, we need to make it easier to recycle. What the hell is she even talking about? I go to Publix once a week minimum. I shop at other stores, uh, Aldi's and Save-A-Lot and Big Lots. I mean, I go to other stores, Walmart, and I've finally uh, given in to the understanding that some things like my Halo ice cream are just a lot cheaper at Walmart. Anyway, I go to these stores, and in front of every one of these supermarket-style stores or the supermarket part of the store, there is a bin for you to recycle your plastic bags. Is that too deep for AOC? Is that too hard for her? Does it inconvenience her because she actually has to go to the store? But is, you know, here's my take on that recycling bit. If I'm going to go back to the supermarket with those plastic bags, then I'm going to shop and reuse those same plastic bags. What a concept. You know, people like me have been recycling longer than she's been on planet Earth, okay? People like me grew up in a world where you had no choice but to recycle. Your milk came in a glass bottle, which you had to return. Your soda came in a glass bottle, which you had to deposit on. Two cents, a pen. I don't even remember, but I, I think it started out at two cents, went up to a nickel. So that when you took the bottles back to the supermarket, to the A&P when I was growing up, you got your nickel back for every bottle. So I've known about recycling uh, long before these uh, new age eco-conscious people ever thought about it. And yet, I, I have to laugh. They don't do it. It's too hard for her. It has to be easier, recycling. You know, the concept of actually taking those bags back to the grocery store. Oh, my God, what do you think? I have nothing better to do? I mean, really? Can I return them at the Starbucks? There I will stop every day. You know, this is a woman who talks about, uh, you know, building trains so I don't have to take a plane to California. She's going to get me a high-speed bullet train so that I can go visit my granddaughter, and it'll only take me uh, 10 hours to get there instead of five hours. That's her idea. And yet, this is a woman who doesn't climb into a subway to go 10 blocks but calls Uber instead. I, I just, I loathe their hypocrisy. A pox on all of them. All these eco-warriors, these Green Deal people that wouldn't know green if uh, Kermit was in their home. Poor Aok. It's not easy being green. <laughs> uh, I've been wanting to do that for the 
I don't know, the last couple of weeks, but couldn't quite figure out. Didn't have the right AOC comments to do it, but I finally found them. And AOC and Kermit came together at last. I would call her Miss Piggy, but then somebody will get upset with me. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. Oh, she's going back to her district, though. She doesn't want to forget what it's like to be in the Bronx, even though she never was in the Bronx. It's an interesting question because for Congress, number one, you don't have to live in the district. Yeah. So whether you live in the district or not is actually not a legal requirement. But more importantly, the person you defeated, your predecessor, yeah. Joe Crowley, did not live in the district. And no. you kind of made an issue of it. I did. I did. Because I think it's important, even though it's not a legal requirement to live in your district or your community, I think it's important to do that. I, I just don't think that you can really keep a pulse on what's going on in your community if you're not there every weekend, if you're not coming home, if you're not, you know, if you're not deeply involved. Mm-hmm. I'm well, Harry. It's an Let me interesting ask you question. A question. Um, does anybody really believe that she's deeply involved in her community anymore? I'm sorry. I just, you know, every time I turn around, she's having another glamour photo shoot. It's like, I don't think they're being done in her district, but that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, they just gave a press conference up in Alabama. The number has still remained, uh, at 23, even though they still have seven or eight people that have not been accounted for. But uh, they just gave out the tragic news that seven members of one family perished in that tornado. I mean, I heard them talking, uh, Billy and uh, Bill and Ricky, this morning about how we really don't experience tornadoes with the exception of an occasional tornado that actually happens in the middle of a hurricane, which most other people don't experience as much as or as frequently as we do but i i since since i was a little girl and saw the wizard of oz i've had a healthy respect for tornadoes i have always thought that tornadoes were the scariest of all things you know because dorothy's house got you know caught up in a tornado although i also as a kid because i was naive I thought that um, it would be okay if my house were caught up in a tornado because I would end up in the medio land of Oz or in Munchkin land or anywhere except uh, Washington Heights. That was, of course, the way my dreams went. Stay right where you are. We're going to take a break. We'll be back on the other side. Jessica Vaughn will be coming on at 12 o'clock. They have a FOIA request out to ICE. Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional, sir, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers, on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. You know what's really amazing it is um, what's going on in the Broward County School, on the school board and with the school superintendent and what happened there last week. I saw some coverage of it on television and I was really very disturbed. 
by the fact that notices had been sent out. And I, and I actually first read this on uh, Buddy Niven's website, which I, I believe is called the Broward Beat. And, or maybe it's Florida Bulldog. I, I just, I, I don't remember. But I did have an opportunity to read something uh, yesterday that really angered me. And it was how this whole discussion about school safety has turned into a, um, a racial story. And I would have said, nah, you know, they, everybody's always trying to make everything about race, and we don't believe that. We know better. And yet, it made a lot of sense when I heard it, and then when I watched this coverage last night on our local news, because I live in Broward County, I really got upset. Because first and foremost, there was a shot of the parking lot. I think it was held at Taravella. And there was a shot at the parking lot and there were all these church buses in the parking lot that had literally been filled up with, I guess, church members and brought to Taravella to support Robert Runcie. And there were accusations going out to these churches in writing from administrators, school administrators, claiming that it was bigotry that was trying to remove Superintendent Runcie from his position and that it was as bad as it was, you know, during Jim Crow and all of this really inflammatory stuff. And I thought, well, you know, nobody's going to believe that until, until I saw that all the church buses that were there were all from churches that are African-American. And I know that because one of them was my old church. And of course, Mount Olive was there. And, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, what, what does this have to do with race? What does anything about whether or not the school superintendent or the school board of Broward County did what they should have done either before the, the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas or after the massacre at Rod at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. That's the question. Not whether Robert Runcie is black. And why, why leaders of the African-American church community feel like they have to support him simply because he's black really, really upsets me. Because I never saw any buses gathering when kids were being, uh, you know, shot in, in black schools, whether they were shot by criminals or each other or anything else, you didn't see any big massive rallies. You didn't see anybody stepping up to support, uh, you know, Mr. Runcie then. I don't see anybody in those black churches <clears throat> gathering every time there's a drive-by in our South Florida community. This is, to me... The direction that we've gone that is almost hard to believe we can get back from. That you could turn this 
into an issue of race. I mean, I wonder if if a lot of those um, leaders of those churches understand that Robert Runcie is paid over $300,000 a year and there are questions as to what he's done with funding, why things have not been put into place, my own personal experience of sitting in his office and saying, we've got something that would be affordable and would protect children and him saying, well, we don't want to scare parents. Along with the school board member seated right there with him. These are things that have to be looked at and it has nothing to do with race. Nothing whatsoever. But they can't, but they can't come up with a real reason to support him. I'll tell you why the school board members, with the exception of Aladoff, whose daughter died in Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and who actually was looking to get this done. I'll tell you why the others are afraid to speak up. Because they know they can't win in Broward County in these districts for school board if they don't have the teachers union on their side and if they don't have the African American community on their side. That's why. So they're willing to forego the safety of our kids in the schools for some kind of political gain. It's disgusting. It really is. I've never seen anything more disgusting in my life. I never thought that I would see certain people that I saw there in that parking lot lined up to go in there. Never, never did I dream I'd see those people there because they don't they don't they don't even know what this is about it's depressing it really is depressing um this was a a, a crazy last ditch plea and now you're hearing it come from the business leaders buddy niven's column said that robert runcie is a divider not a uniter and and since the massacre, Runcie has been dividing this community and right and dividing it along racial lines, which is despicable. That town hall meeting last week on school safety was an example of just how much he has hurt this community. They, the the uh, uh, supporters for him. Word spread in black churches across neighborhoods and through social media. Come to a town hall meeting on security issues and make your support known for Robert Runcie. An email from a school district department head went out urging attendance and accusing Runcie's detractors of using vile language not seen since desegregation orders were enforced. These emails went to African-American churches and other minority leaders. Suddenly, a town hall on school safety metamorphosed into a pep rally for Runcie. The pro-Runcie crowd arrived by the busload. They cheered the superintendent and jeered his opponents, including the mother of one of the students who was massacred that day. Is there anybody who believes that a school administrator would encourage pro-Runcie folks to show up at Taravella without at least the nodding approval of Runcie? And the meeting went just as they planned. It was stacked. The first two speakers that were allowed to speak, Marsha Ellison, president of the Broward NWACP, 
Brian Johnson, vice mayor of West Park, who was with the Minority Builders Association, both supported Runcie in rousing remarks. Paraphrasing the Bible, Johnson aimed his fiery comments at those calling for Runcie's dismissal. To the people who are pimping the pain of the victims, you seek to use this tragedy to pursue your political or personal vendettas. You know who you are. I pray God gives you the divine modification process where your tongue begins to cleave to the roof of your mouth and your right hand loses its cunning so you will cease to write or type inflammatory falsehoods. And this related to school safety, how? How did this become about color and socioeconomic status? This is about security. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And the defense by the community is having an effect on all the quivering, timid, runcy supporters on the school board, Patricia Good, Lori Rich Levinson, Ann Murray, Dr. Osgood, Donna Korn, the gang of five are all politicians. They love being school board members, and they can count. They're really good at counting votes. Roughly half of all Broward Democrats happen to be black. Broward beat which is the paper that he, uh, the online publication of Buddy Nivens, believes that pro-Runcy school board members fear political damage if they anger the Runcy supporters. And we don't have to wait for the ruling. Runcy will survive. But he'll be crippled, battered, and discredited. The real question is not whether Robert Runcy, the superintendent, survives today we know he's going to survive the real question is will the school survive runcy and his divisive leadership will the community survive the stirring up of the race issue it's not good for the schools it's not good for the rest of broward it's it's really it's if if i didn't like robert runcy before i definitely now find him despicable this is what what they do all the time these are the cowards on the school board this is the coward in the superintendent's office and that's that imagine Whew. anyway that's all there is to it um, I had to get that off my chest. And believe me, that's not easy for me to do because, you know, a man who I sat under for a decade was one of the members there yesterday. You know, I'm reading through some of the comments that were left about this uh, school board meeting. It said, uh, just a few days can change an individual's perspective on things. I was at the town hall, and a spirited woman to my right forcefully kicked my purse when I did not applaud for the early comments of a Runcy supporter. The contents of my purse, including a feminine hygiene product, were ejected. I was scoffed at while scrambling to retrieve my belongings as a Coral Springs police officer positioned himself at the end of my row to observe. I was frightened by the hostility and her disdain for me, a complete stranger.
I cried and prayed the whole way home for everyone involved in this painful nightmare and for the woman who had made the false assumption that I came to this meeting with some other agenda than student safety. I won't hate her back, nor will I pass judgment on her. After a few days of processing this feeling of despair for our entire community, my interpretation of the truth becomes increasingly clear. At the bottom of all this is the question of standards. It really is that simple. The Runsey supporters are satisfied with the present condition of the Broward schools. His critics and those with inquiries about safety do not share this confidence. The truth is that the Broward County Public School always has and always will be corrupt and chaotic. It's set up to be so. BCPS has never been safe for students, nor will it ever be. In fact, the new safety manager bluntly told us so. I believe him. The question really comes down to this. Are you willing to put your trust in Broward County Public Schools today to trust that your child will not be killed at school? This is a question that every parent needs to answer for themselves. There are many other options for education, including BVS, and soon there will be many more. Perhaps no side is wrong and no side is right. There is no meeting in the middle. One group will feel deeply wounded whether Runcy stays or goes. I am removing all three of my kids from brick-and-mortar Broward schools where I presently have no confidence that they are safe from an assailant who can walk through the gates on any day with a weapon unchecked. I will do this without anger and with confident relief but with a deep sadness for what remains in the wake of this tragedy that has impacted every corner of this county. Where do you begin, right? The overly played race card, the greed of the elite power brokers in Broward County that overshadow the needs of the public school students, the needs of the teachers, the staff, and the parents. I am so grateful that... Uh, the only child I have attending a Broward public school, my grandson, uh, goes to a charter school which has a very different security code um, and which hopefully is a safe environment for him to go. Although I still pray every morning that he not have any uh, disruption in his classroom, in his school, because I just don't have any confidence at all. This is just classic Broward despicable tactics. Classic cowardice. Classic political uh, gamesmanship. And it's just, it's so offensive. You know, I was having this conversation with my husband about last night, not only about this, the Broward School County and how it needs new leadership, but we were talking about uh, what the future might hold for us as Americans. And, and you know, I'm not one of these people who, ah, I'm leaving the country. I want to fight for my country. That's, that's my, my first uh, inclination is to push back. But there's a side of me that sometimes looks at this and sees such a, a hopeless scenario playing out particularly when it comes to the issue of race in this country. You know, the, just the way people treat each other, looking at the way uh, they treat Charles Payne or the way uh, Candace Owens gets treated or Ben Carson gets treated, uh, the way I watched West get treated when he was running by members of their own community. 
you know, there was another piece uh, today about how, uh, see if I, I want to make sure I get it right, that black conservatives are, are a, a travesty and should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, this, this is crazy. I don't ever remember it being, I mean, it was always kind of bad, but now it's, uh, it's ridiculous. It's an all-out war. The hall of shame gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the next racial standard is how black are you? And, and it has just been announced that uh, Will Smith was selected to play the real-life role of Richard Williams, who's the father of tennis stars Serena and Venus Williams, except all is not well. There are a number of people who are voicing their displeasure at this selection. It turns out, turns out that although he's a black man himself, he is not black enough. Colorism matters. Love Will Smith, but there are other black actors for this role. And amazingly, it's not just that sports writer who said that, uh, Clarence Hill Jr., but apparently there's a whole bunch of people who arena, r believe that. Like, w did we run out of dark-skinned black men? Did the rapture snatch them all up? I'm confused. Find dark-skinned people to play dark-skinned people. Really? So how come I have to watch black people play white characters all the time and I'm just supposed to say hey you know we got to give equal opportunity I am so sick of this <laughs>